I love it. Oh, keep clapping. I love it. <laughs> hey, let's give honor where honor is due. That's to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen, Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. Why are you sitting down? I said, Jesus, stand up. Come on. Oh, Jesus is here. Sit down. No, I'm kidding. Don't sit down. Matter of fact, I got a new idea. Why do you stand? Let's do this. Instead of standing during the worship through song, let's stand during the entire message. I don't know what seminary taught us that we're supposed to stand during the singing and sit during the preaching because you know you ain't taking notes. Why are you sitting down? I think we just stand up the whole time. I know, I know some people are like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, but we, we might do it. But I do want you to stand for this right here. And that is, uh, my, my girlfriend is here, Cindy, which is over there talking during my message, but she's over here, and uh, I'm so, yeah, that's a good point, and she's such a blessing. Can y'all give my girlfriend, Cindy, a big hand? So glad she's here. Also, I just want to say this before you, I will let you sit down, I promise, but I want to say this, uh, Cindy and I are so blessed to be able to to travel all over this country and, and communicate God's word. And it is a rare find. And, and I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's skirt here. I'm, I want to shoot you straight. It is a rare find to find a senior pastor and his wife that are as dynamic, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, beautiful home, beautiful marriage, and you are super, super blessed here at Connect, and I want you to give them a round of applause as well. Okay, now you can take your seat, and uh, as you do, I know many of you um, are simply saying this, man, I am so glad that we had scheduling conflicts and were unable to make it to the marriage events. You know, because we always have scheduling conflicts. The marriage event's been scheduled for 12 months, but oh my. So much going on. I mean, we just could, well, I just want to say this. Welcome to session five. <laughs> and some of you are laughing. It's the truth. It really is session five. And there's a great chance that water's going to fall, but we're going to have fun. Let me, let me just say this. Um, many of you are like, man, I'm not even married. We're talking marriage. This, that, that. Listen, if you plan to be married, we're married. This is for you. If you uh, are a grandparent, this is something you can pour in to your grandkids. These truths are real. And I just want to jump right in, first and foremost, to singles. Because many of you singles are like, oh, man, this isn't for me. Yeah, it is. Here's the deal. I want to speak to single guys, and I'm jumping right in. And this is the Bible, all right? Proverbs 18.22. We've been saying, speaking Proverbs 18 quite a bit this week. But Proverbs 18.22 says this. And I don't know why you single men aren't writing this down. This is note-taking stuff. It says this, he who finds a wife finds what is good. And it doesn't say he who prays for a wife finds a good wife you prayed for. It says go find one. Okay? And here's what you don't do. Don't live in your mom's basement. That is not going to help you find a wife. Getting to platinum level in Xbox or PS1 is not cool anymore. It's like, oh, man, you want to come play zombies? That is not cool. <laughs> Having a filthy car is not cool. Showing your butt crack in your saggy jeans is not cool. Okay? 
you need to get serious about finding this wife deal, all right? How many love the Bible? Raise your hand if you love the Bible. He who finds a wife finds what is good. Let me just say this, single ladies. If you want to find a great man who loves Jesus, stay focused on the purpose of God, and you'll find the person of God. It'll happen. And I can just tell you this. If you meet him in the bar, don't expect him to be exciting about Jesus, all right? If you meet him and he's negative, you're going to be negative. If you meet him and he ain't passionate about all the things that Jesus, just you hear what I'm saying here, okay? And if you married somebody like that and you're you're stuck with him, it's God's best for the rest of your life. So I want you to jot these things down. We're going to jump right in. We're going to have a ton of fun and um, and 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 really have session number five. I want to give you. 10 ways to honor your spouse, 10 ways to honor your husband, 10 ways to honor your wife, because honor simply means this, even though it's not a simple um, uh, step of obedience, honor means this, it means esteeming. It means you're getting in a position of humbling yourself, but esteeming the person that you love the most. You're bringing honor to that person. You are preparing yourself for great honor. Matter of fact, the Word of God gives us this picture. And if you have a copy, you can turn to Malachi chapter 2. If you've been in church a long time, you're like, Malachi, are we talking about tithing? No, we're not. It, but it, but it's, 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 even, it's before the tithing chapter because you're not going to tithe good until you get serious about the bride anyway. And that's what he's speaking of. Malachi 2.13 says this, speaking to a very influential and affluent place, very similar to America today. The prophet is speaking to the people and he says this, because they're like, why are we not connecting with God? Why are we not hearing his voice? Why aren't we experiencing God's best? And Malachi 2 and verse 13 says this, another thing you do, it says you flood the Lord's altar with tears, you weep, you wail, because he no longer, look at this, no longer looks with favor on what you bring, your offering. He doesn't accept them with pleasure from your hands. And you're like, why? The scripture's indicating here. You ask, why? Why is God not looking at my situation with favor and with blessing and with honor? And here's what he says. It's because the Lord is the witness between you and your wife. If you've ever wondered why your relationship with Christ is at a standstill, if you've ever wondered why I'm not experiencing the the Spirit's move and a closeness to God, let me tell you why. Because you're not leading in your marriage. Because you are not saying yes to God's best in your marriage. I want to say it to you this way. Your marriage is a mirror image of your walk with Jesus Christ. If your marriage is red hot, I can tell you right now, your walk with Jesus is red hot. Jesus is the groom. His church is the bride, the institution. The picture's been given so that we can have the greatest gospel tool and track known to man to win a lost world. There is nothing crazier than a marriage that's red hot in this country. It's one thing to be married. It's another thing to have a marriage that's red hot. I love introducing my wife as my girlfriend because it throws people off. And not only that, I love introducing her as my girlfriend because she is. She's my girlfriend. She's hot. I love her. I like doing things I can't say up here with her. (laughs) And, and, And I'm just saying, what happened? Here's what happened. 
You decided for some reason to think you could separate and create a dichotomy between your relationship with Jesus and say, I'm going to worship you, Jesus, but I'm not going to worship your word concerning the way I'm supposed to love my wife. There's no separation. That's why we love studying, studying Revelation. Because we don't understand jack squat about it. It's like, oh, seven heads. Mm, that's really neat. Why are you doing that when it's just simply saying this? Honor your wife. Love her as Christ loved the church. Wash her with the word. Then guess what? Everything ignites from there. So let me give you men. I'm going to start with you. How you can honor your wife. You, let me just say this, men. Get a head start on being a winner by writing these things down. You know, if you're not writing it down, your wife's going to be like, just like I said, <laughs> he doesn't even care. So I'm just saying, fake it. Draw some plays out that Brady threw in the Super Bowl. Do something on a sheet of paper. Bless God. Ten things. You're like, oh, I'm going to get a copy of the DVD. I'm going to download this and memorize it. Just write some notes, please. Here's the thing, if you paid for some seminar or you went to some deal, you'd be writing all this down if it was investments. Let me tell you something, be an investor in your marriage. Stop being a consumer and be an investor. Write this stuff down. If you're a single man, please write this stuff down so you can find God's best for your life. Why? Because Hebrews 13, 4 says marriage should be honored by all. 1 Peter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. You know why? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. You won't be praying for your kids and their future, but you're not loving on your wife. Your prayer is at a standstill, according to the Word of God. You're like, well, I interpret that different. Go ahead. It ain't going to change the fact that you're wrong. I mean, if I asked you to raise your hand, how many want your prayers hindered and God never hearing what you say, no one would raise your hand to that. Write these things down and get serious about honoring your wife. How do we do it? Number one, men, prioritize Jesus Christ in your home. Prioritize Christ. Be serious about prioritizing Jesus Christ. Make him first in your home. What's the difference between, or how do I know if I prioritize Christ? Let me make this simple. Because your priorities and your commitments line up. People are like, man, I prioritize Jesus in my life. But your kids have never heard you quote the scripture, never seen you pray, uh, except maybe at Thanksgiving. They never see you passionate and worship in the church. You're like, well, my relationship with Jesus is private. Can I tell you something right now? That's not even biblical. That's not even biblical. Listen, prioritize Christ. People are like, oh, I'm passionate about the church. But you skip every time your kid has a baseball tournament. What, what if we just change baseball tournaments where they can't even have them on Sunday because people and homes and dads prioritize Jesus first? I'm not saying you can't skip church every once in a while. But I am saying this. If you prioritize Christ, it'll be amazing that your kids will see that the priorities are lined up with the commitments. Oh, I want God's best in my life financially. Well, you can say you prioritize it. You show that you're committed to the priority by tithing. I mean, it's just that simple. You say, man, I'm serious about my diet and eat Cheetos. I can tell you right now, it's not a priority in your life. But something that ends with Eatos is just good, isn't it? <laughs> Fritos, Doritos, Cheetos, hallelujah. <laughs> just end it Neatos and I'm eating it. It's true, isn't it? Prioritize Jesus. Can I tell you right now, husbands, your wife already knows if you prioritize him, so stop faking it. 
and he might start taking notes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're the pastor of your home. It says to love your wife as Christ loved the church, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 through 25, to wash her with the word. Can I tell you this? Husband, husband means house band. You are the leader. You are the leader. You are the house band. Number two is this. Lead in shaping your kids. Have a unified vision concerning the discipline and the determination of the direction of your children. How many have children living in the home? Raise your hand. Okay, here's what I encourage you to do. Whether they're living in the home or not, choose now to, to shape your kids' lives with a passion for God's word. Get serious about it. Don't say that this is the student ministry's responsibility or the pastor's responsibility. It's your responsibility, and you can shape your kids with God's word. For my kids personally, what I do is this. As I say, if you want a cell phone, I want to see what you read in God's word every day. Send me a text of what a verse or two that God spoke to you in, and then I'll allow you to keep a cell phone paid for by me. And I know what you're already saying. is like, oh, man, that's just like you're going to cause them to run away from God. You know what else I do? And it's super legalistic. I make my kids go to school. <laughs> I know I'm a weirdo. You know what else I do? I make them do their homework. <laughs> I know it's crazy. We're from Arkansas. We're 49th in the education system. And I make them do their homework. I just know this. It's so fun to see what friend's phone my kids are going to call me on because I shut their phone off. I love it. It's so much fun. It's like, didn't get a Bible verse, suspend. I love it. You're like, well, I don't want my kids just to read it out of habit. Why not? Can I tell you something? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and a two-edged sword will cut you whether you meant to stab yourself or not. It's the holy word of God. And I'm just saying, I'm going to shape them with the word of God. And you know what's cool? You can start today. You're like, oh, man, I've tried it before. I'll try again. Start right now. Honor your wife with this. I'm going to just tell you something. Your wife is going to get crazy on you. If you get serious about this. And you can interpret that however you wish. <laughs> and I meant exactly what I said. <laughs> Number three is this. Pray with your wife. Every day, pray with your wife. I pray with my wife every night. Every night I pray with her. Why? Because I want the blessing and favor of God in my home. You're like, I don't know what to pray. I'm going to give you a prayer, note takers. Some of these leaders just taking notes. Hallelujah. Can I just do this? I know some of you are saying my wife takes better notes, so she's taking it. Write this down, note taker for your husband, wife. <laughs> Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, I love my wife. Amen. You're like, man, that's so cheesy. It's a start. It's better than just snoring. Pray with her. And then set goals and start praying for your kids and and it's not like I'm praying and, and a burning bush lights on fire, though that'd be awesome. That's not what happens. It's just consistent obedience that brings about the favor and blessing of God in my life. And there's nights where I pray, big boy, you know, because I'm living for hell. I'm just like where I shouldn't be. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to pray anyway, even though I know. Listen, it brings accountability. It brings consistency. Well, is making money not enough? No, it's not. Because you ain't taking none of that with you. But you are taking the fruits of what you build eternally in your wife. 
Let's get serious about this, man. Let's bow up. Let's be men. Let's grow some. Let's, we'll talk about... <laughs> washer with a word is what I was supposed to say. Ephesians 5.25. Number four is this. Defend your wife. Defend her. Protect her spiritually. Can I tell you something? I would never let my wife stand in the middle of Framingham's four-lane road on the way to Natick Mall or wherever I went last night. There was nine million people in there. I was like, somebody get some egress systems around here. It was cars everywhere, people everywhere, people in AA convention everywhere. There was this huge, I would never say, babe, do your best to stand out here in the middle and not get hit. Well, why would you do that spiritually? I'm going to let the enemy attack you every way I possibly can. I'm not going to pray over you. I'm not going to lead you spiritually. Not. Good luck. Hope the devil don't take you out. Are you crazy? That's what you do when you don't pray with your wife. That's what you do when you don't spiritually lead her. That's what you do when you don't spiritually defend your home. I'd close every door. I'd buy every Sam's security system spiritually I possibly could. I'd pay monthly fees for it. I'd carry all kinds of handguns spiritually. I'd wear whitey tighties and a baseball bat in the name of Jesus to defend my wife. Very tighties. I'm just saying, are you spiritually defending your home? I mean, you're paying for Brink's security system, but you're not praying and defending her spiritually. I want my wife to have spiritual confidence that I have prayed over that place. The shed blood of Jesus is covering it, and I'm going to be a part of the hedge through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you might clap for that. That's a good idea. But you can't because you're taking so many notes, I know. (laughs) Defend her. Get serious about defending her. And a great way to defend her, too, is speak love over her. Just speak it. Say, you're hot. I love you. You're my girlfriend. Love that hair. Hallelujah. Your curves are from Jesus. (laughs) That's true, by the way. It is true. You imagine how that would change versus what's for dinner. You think that would change your marriage if it's like instead of, why why are you always like that? It would change everything, wouldn't it? Number five is this, give her your passwords. Why does everybody laugh when I say that? It's amazing, isn't it? Can I just tell you right now? Give her your passwords. And start with your checking accounts. And if you have separate checking, I'm not saying you can't have separate accounts, understand and credit and all this. But every name should be, both names should be on every checking account. Listen, if you want oneness in your marriage, start with your money tight, wad. It's like, well, you know, I just got to keep it safe. And all that, that, that's called selfishness. It's called, I don't trust you, babe. You can laugh all you want. It's the truth. I mean, it's basically a backhanded slap. Get her name on that account. Get his name on there, too, if that's your issue. But I'm going to say also, not just that, your cell phone. I mean, I just had marriage counseling, and I knew exactly what the problem was. And I said, hand me your cell phone. And he reluctantly, I said, enter his passcode into it. She didn't even know it. I was like, I can tell you what the problem is here. You need a sledgehammer now. iPhone 7, this thing up right now with a sledgehammer. Facebook, social media, get all of the passwords, hand them to her. There should be no secret anythings. And I hope her husband isn't sitting by her right now. Have you given her all the passcodes? 
Does she know everything? My wife knows every one of my, I mean, matter of fact, it's just one really, <laughs> and it's password. And uh, <laughs> we're in big trouble if somebody gets a hold of that, I can tell you right now. I mean, in every area of your life, I'm just telling you too, there's too many potholes for your wife to not have full access to everything that you have. Number six is this, men. Serve her. If you want to pursue your wife in every way, start serving her. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's putting on an apron and cleaning the dishes. I don't know if it's just simply making sure her oil's changed, her car's filled up. I don't know what it is. But find ways to serve her and serve her. And don't do it transactionally. Like, well, I filled up the car, so you need to, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying serve her with nothing other than just to let her know I love you. Serve her. Let her come home one day and you took off work and realized that, man, I'm going to cook dinner tonight. And, and some of you are good cooks and that's great. Some of you aren't and that ain't great. Don't cook. But have something prepared from Domino's or somewhere. I'm just telling you something. It will change your marriage. Here's why. The groom Jesus came, listen, to serve, not to be served. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, serve her. Be passionate about serving her. Also, let me just say this. Tell her. What do I mean? Tell her how much you love her. Tell her how wonderful she is. Tell her what God says about her. Be emotionally involved, men. And don't think you're not emotional because you are. You're very emotional. You're extremely emotional. And not only that, you need to learn from King David because he was a bag of emotion, was he not? He was an unbelievable. I mean, any guy that can kill a nine-foot, six-inch giant and also bring a cheese plate to his brothers on the battlefield is the man, is he not? He's like, I'm going to go kill that giant. And anybody want some brie? <laughs> I just love that. It's smoky cheddar. And uh, this got a little bit of spice and dill. <laughs> and I just weed whacked that giant. Here's his head. <laughs> I'm going to stick a pole through his brain and carry it to town. And I got some cheese. And if you want me to play the harp. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> Let, let's just be like David. He was a man's man, and he played the harp. I just don't see the connection. I just can't see Pastor Derek up here with those guns going, bring. <laughs> I, I just can't see that at all. But that is awesome, isn't it? I'm just saying this. Menopause is a real deal. It's called men on pause. And ladies, guess this, men also have a physical menopause. It's called andropause. Study it. But the truth is what I'm saying is this. You have the emotion in you, draw it up. And, and, and be serious about telling her in romantic ways. In romantic, some of you speak sweeter to your mom than you do your wife. And that's weird. That's about as Arkansan as it gets. The scripture says this, to leave and cleave. Well, I'm saying this as men. Be honest with yourself. Is your nose still in your mom's cleavage? <laughs> leave and cleave. In other words, get in the right cleavage. Don't get mad at me. It's the word of God. It's exactly what the picture means. 
And many of you ended a marriage because you couldn't stop getting your parents involved. Your in-laws are still in the... Matter of fact, they're the first one you call to rat on your spouse. That should be the last person you call. And parents, can I tell you something? Get your nose out of our cleavage too. You said your blessing. Now let us go. I'm not saying don't love them. I'm just saying get your nose out of our cleavage. And you need to be serious about telling your wife. Here's another thing, men, we need to be passionate about if you want to honor your wife. Say hi to Jean. My wife's middle name is Jean, but I'm spelling this different. Say hi to Jean. Say hi, Jean. In other words, what I'm saying is this. Get involved in hygiene. <laughs> now, don't get all mad at me here. The Word of God says this, and you can read it in Song of Solomon chapter 4, chapter 7, and it says that he smelt good. It's the Word of God. How many of you love the Word of God? Raise your hand. We've got to go through this again just real quick. Okay, all right. So, Word of God, and it says he was as a sweet fragrance. Take care of yourself, men. What, how did you grow all that hair on your back? I don't even know. And if she likes it, keep it, I guess. Cornrow it, I don't care. But if she don't like it, get some veet, some nair up in this place. Get sexy. Make yourself sexy again. If she doesn't like those jeans, get rid of them. If she doesn't like that beard, shave it. If she wants a beard, grow one. But get serious about when you go to bed... Just have clean underwear on. That's a great start. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Don't raise your hand. I'm sorry. I meant I'm getting some people mad. Just, you remember what it took. You remember when you got Jakar Noor? Come on, children of the 80s. How many of you ever wore Jakar? Raise your hand. How many of you are wearing it? Okay, the man back there. That is awesome. Polo green. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You remember when you couldn't wait to meet her, see her, kiss her, get your tongue in her mouth? Come on, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh man, I can't laugh at that. You did, and some of you did it before you were married. What happened? You need to stop shaming your wife by the way you present yourself and start honoring her by recognizing that you, the groom, you, the groom, are coming and presenting yourself to the bride. Do it in a way that brings honor to God. And for some of you, you might just be, your wife's challenging you to diet. Your wife's challenging you to eat more. I don't know. Your wife's challenging you. Do and honor her in this. Take care of yourself. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your marriage. Let me give you a couple more men ways to honor, and that is touch your wife. And I am talking non-sexually in this way specific, though sexual touches are very important as well. Find ways to have non-sexual touches to draw her close to you. The word romance, write it in your notes and do all capitals on these three letters, M-A-N. Men, we're in charge of the romance. Bring the game. Bring it. I mean, just get romantic. You're like, oh, it's not who I am. Don't speak that devil talk over you. We're in a divine romance with the groom, Jesus Christ. All of God lives in us. Be creative and be a romantic. I mean, write her, call her, send her pictures with invisible ink. I've learned all kinds of cool, I can't say that there's single people in here, but I, I'm just saying this, touch her and lastly, men, to honor her, date her. 
date her. I love Ecclesiastes 9.9. It says this, enjoy life with your wife. Is that good? Enjoy life with your wife. People are like, oh, the kids are gone and now we're bored. I got a countdown when my kids are leaving. I'm like 48 months and 11 days today. Hallelujah. Train a child in the way he should. Hallelujah. Get out of my house. You got 216 months. Now move on, tightwad kid. Get a job. That's what I tell my kids. Why? Because I can't wait to spend more time with who was first. Who was first. Ladies, I know we don't have as much time for you because you don't need as much. Because you do what you're told. It's so amazing. Men, on the other hand, are just so full of pride. And some are still taking notes as I speak. But I know this. I just want to give you quickly ways to honor your man. Bring honor to your man. Can I tell you this? This isn't in the notes, but men, overall, if you'll just cherish her and ladies, if you'll just cheer for him, it'll change your world. Be his cheerleader. I mean, I'm saying buy pom-poms and all. Get serious about it. <laughs> cheer him on. Can I just tell you this? Why, why are you always tearing him down? Why are you always just pulling on him? Cheer him on. Listen, even in failure, he's the best for you for the rest of your life. If you will cheer, there's no telling how much change will take place. But just some practical ways that you can do that. Number one is this. Be full of faith. Be a full faith woman. Believe in God for great stuff that your marriage can. Don't say stupid stuff like this. Not that you're stupid, but the phrase is stupid. And that is this. Oh, he'll never change. Don't say that. You're guaranteeing what you're saying. He's going to change. He's going to be awesome. He's my man. He's my leader. He's my strong here on earth tower following the strong tower, God Almighty. That's my man. Look at my man over there. Look at his butt. Do son, Get him excited. I like him. Hallelujah. Now, some of you are feeling like that's disrespectful to say it in the church. I'm sick and tired of the world being able to say it, and we as church people don't do nothing about it. You know what else I'm sick and tired of? The church preaching purity and constantly talking about being pure as a single person and you're supposedly still pure whenever you're married. I'm ready to start teaching on how to have great sex and great romance in marriage. Why? Because it's a picture of a healthy church. Tired of all the stuffiness. Be full of faith. Ladies, here's the other option. It says a wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, Proverbs 14.1, with her own hands, the foolish one tears her house down. Don't do it. Speak full faith. God's going to do this. God's got this. Number two is this. Don't be a historian, ladies. Quit bringing up old dirt. You don't even like history. You don't even watch the History Channel. <laughs> Just say you're forgiven and move on. What, what good is it going to do to bring it up again? What good is it going to do? Say you're forgiven and move on. It's going to change his whole perspective. The reason he keeps you know, poking you with it is because you never let it go. Let it go in Jesus' name. You're going to be set free. Don't be a historian. And, 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 I'm, and I'm telling you, this, that alone will probably change everything. Make your marriage a priority. I want to combine three and six due to time. Make your marriage a priority, not your kids. Kids are not number one. Jesus is, then your husband. Kids are number three. Kids don't need to be served first at the dinner table. Kids don't need a special menu. Little Johnny need asparagus too. 
oh, well, Johnny don't like asparagus. He just, he just wants to have little chicken nuggies and, uh, and mac and cheese. Well, little Johnny's going to have asparagus tonight at my house because that's what I'm eating. <laughs> well, we don't like putting little Johnny, you know, here because he might get sick and this, that, the other. Can I just tell you about your kids? If you are operating your life based on decisions for your kids and it's all based on fear, you're worried they're going to get sick, you're going to worry there's some kind of homogenized garbage at McDonald's, you're constantly worried that, that this, that, or the other is going to be in it. If you're operating your whole life based on fear, you're moving your child into a life of fear. Be full faith. Quit worrying whether or not they're going to get a disease if they eat at McDonald's. Go eat at McDonald's right now. I encourage you to. Go in there and lick the floor and get some immunity built up. It's like, oh, only eat farm fresh and farm this out of the earth. I'm a child of the 80s. We ate McDonald's. I'm still alive. My hair's weird, but I'm still alive. I mean, we just op. Oh, don't touch that. Oh, you can't go to school here. Oh, you can't go to the kids' area. Oh, there's no way you can do that. Oh, we don't give them that kind of. It's fear. It's all fear mongering. Everything operates with fear. Make Jesus a priority. He's bigger than McDonald's. Somebody eat a chicken nugget today. Somebody. And, and quit letting your kids run linebacker in your bed. You bought him a bed. You, you made someone buy it for you. Probably it's 400 bucks. Put them in it. You're sleeping in your bed, little Johnny. Oh, I've got a sniffly nose. Well, wipe it on your pillow. You always do anyway. <laughs> Go crap your own bed. Get out of mine. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't enjoy a movie with your kids here. I don't, but I'm not saying you can't. <laughs> you want to watch a movie, big old TV in the living room. Have fun. But it's amazing we use them as defense. Oh, don't touch me. Johnny's in here. Well, Johnny getting ready to see something. <laughs> Might want to take him to his own bed. <laughs> I mean, my home, I tell my kids, don't come out of your room after nine. It's going to get weird. <laughs> I have no idea why you're laughing at me right now. <laughs> My wife's right there. She'll tell you. They got big old space in there. There's air conditioning in it and everything. Stay in there. Don't come out. I pay this house note. I'm going to run around in whatever I want to. I got these awesome Valentine's boxers that, either way, go to point five. Be creative. That's free charge, too. Here's the other thing. Be social media sensitive, wives. If you want to honor your husband, don't put stuff out there like having a tough day. And your husband knows what you're talking about. Don't, don't do stuff like that. Be social media sensitive. I'm going to say that again. Be social media sensitive. Make sure he has all your passwords. Make sure you're not putting, make sure you're not taking pictures of yourself and says, I just love my kids. And 80% of the picture is your face. <laughs> just love my kids. And the kids are trying to get in the picture. And you're like, who knows what I'm talking about? You got to follow somebody like that. Oh, these are my, this is my favorite one. My favorite is whenever ladies get the picture. You know, you got they roll the shoulder back and they take it like this, certain angle. You know, it's like booby fest. You know, it's like, and then the tag on the bottom says, "I'm fearfully and wonderfully made." <laughs> Hashtag blessed with two D's. <laughs> true we're only laughing because it helps so much 
what you're really saying is this, come commit adultery with me. It's so true. Showing my husband it enough, so I'm just going to sell myself out here like USDA beef. No, this is my husband's, and it's for him. And if anybody's going to get that picture, it's going to be him. With a lost, I'm not going to say that, but I, I got some ideas. <laughs> I, I, I really wish, I just need your help, men and ladies with social media, help somebody. And can I tell you this, just because you got a lot of likes on it or clicks on it doesn't mean it was the right thing. Use your social media to lead people to Jesus. Let me tell you what to put on there. This church. What is this place? It's unbelievable. I'm not just saying that. You're a part of something that doesn't happen. This doesn't happen, folks. Who comes to church in the second story of a building? Nobody. (laughs) This is unbelievable. In New England, who has pastors like this? I'm telling you, I've been in hundreds, right, babe? Would you say hundreds? Hundreds, maybe thousand-plus churches. I've spoke all over the world, 11 nations. There's not leaders like this. Get that on your social media. Let me just conclude with this. Let me just conclude with this last I don't even know how many I got. But anyway, just, just go quick, ladies, because you're smart. Number, number whatever, play with him. Play with him. Play with him. Read Song of Solomon chapter 6. She looks through the keyhole. She dresses a certain way. She lays on the bed a certain way. She puts flowers out a certain way. Play with him. That's a way to honor him. Show him respect in that way. Have an entrepreneurial spirit, ladies. Be creative. Initiate things. Start new channels and ways and resources to bless your family. Be a giver. And my last point is this. Ladies, if you want to honor him, burn the honey not tonight gown. You know what I'm saying. Because when she wears it, she comes out of the bedroom. It's Dale Earnhardt Sr., number three, NASCAR T-shirt. It's got stains all over it. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Listen, honor him in the way you make your approach to a holy place called the marriage bed. Would you do this with me with the heads bowed and your eyes closed? Let's get honest with what God's saying. I don't know what he's saying to you, but here's what I know to be true. Many of you have areas you've got to work on to honor God in your marriage. If you're married and your spouse is sitting next to you, would you take him or her by the hand? And if you would simply in obedience just say, every head bowed and every eye closed. I hadn't changed clothes. I don't look no different. Just close your eyes so we can give people an opportunity to honor their spouse. But you just take him or her by the hand. You might have to reach across a kid or two or over a pew. Let me just encourage you, reach over, take his or her hand. And if you know there's one of the ten in your category that you want to work on and that God's going to give you the grace to, would you just squeeze that hand? I love it. You know why many of you can't prioritize Christ or prioritize your relationship like you want to? It's because you've never said yes to the groom, Jesus. 
I, I can't give you a sincere heart, but I can give you the words. The sincerity of your heart is you. Here's what you need to do. Probably many of you are like, man, I've tried this. I pray. I've asked God, but I've not experienced just all the power and the favor of God. Here's what I encourage you to do. Just pray this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I, I need you to be my boss. Take the steering wheel of my life. I give you my whole heart. I'm repenting of my way, my sin. I'm turning, and I'm asking you to be my groom. I want to follow you so that I can lead my home, so I can lead my family, so I can lead my marriage, so I can be all that you've called me to be as the wife, as the husband, or as a single person desiring your best for my future in Jesus' name. And if you just prayed that a minute with no one looking around, slip your hand up right now. I just prayed that and asked Jesus, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. They're going to tell you what to do in just a few moments with that. Father, thank you for life change. Thank you for marriages changing in Jesus' holy name. Would you put your hands together and celebrate marriage and what God's done?